Wonderful. So we've reached the point in John's Gospel where last week we looked at uh, Jesus appearing before Pontius Pilate. He'd been before the chief priests of the day. And we've reached the point where Jesus is now on the cross. I want to spend this morning thinking and reflecting on the very words that Jesus said just before he took his last breath. And I just want to read from John 19, um, just some verses with you, starting from verse 25. So John 19, verse 25. It should come up on the screen for you to read if you've not got your Bibles. There we go. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Lots of Marys. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So I want to look at... The last things here, now, that Jesus said as he died on the cross. What can we draw out from these words that Jesus said? We've got the benefit of knowing the full story. We know how this story ends. We were singing about it this morning. Jesus rises from the dead. But I think there's something significant I want us to draw from today about what Jesus said just before he died. Within the four Gospels, there are seven things that Jesus says as he hung on the cross. I don't know if you can think about what they might be. He talked to the person hanging on the cross next to him and said to him that he too would join Jesus. When he's died. Every one of the statements and things that Jesus says as he's dying on the cross shows something of Jesus' ability to show love, compassion, and forgiveness, even in these last moments of this time on the cross. The pain that he was enduring while he was hanging on the cross, he was still 
able to direct people to his Father in heaven. So here in John's Gospel, there are three things that Jesus says. The first thing is when he talks to his mum. He tells his mum to look to John, and he tells John to look after his mum. In these last moments of Jesus' life, he looks to care for those closest to him on earth when he's gone. Now, as Christians, this is the most significant time of the whole of the history of life itself, the whole of creation. This moment in time is the most significant. Behind the scenes, while Jesus is hanging on this cross, there's a cosmic spiritual battle raging. And Jesus was fighting this. He'd been hanging there, and he's fighting this battle with the forces of evil. And there he is in this moment. He looks down to his mum and asks John to care for her. We're talking of Jesus Jesus, who was born of the Spirit, he led his whole life obedient to the Father to the point where he was hanging on the cross. Here he was about to die for the sins and disobedience of the whole human race. And yet at this moment, he thinks of his mum. The very fact that throughout this torture and pain, in these final moments... He looks to care for his mother. I just want us to think for a moment the faith and the encouragement that Jesus will and does care for each of us as we look to him. As we live our life in obedience to his word. You know, at this moment, Jesus is carrying the weight of sin of the whole world. You know, no one in history has ever done that. No one has been as perfect in righteousness as Jesus Christ. And at this moment, he looks to his mum and he looks to make sure she is cared for. As Jesus is bearing the wrath of God on himself, from the first act of disobedience in the Garden of Eden to the final act of sin which is yet to take place, Before he comes again. Jesus at the moment of his deepest weakness and humiliation on this cross. He takes a moment to provide for his mum. So I want to just to take a moment here to consider how much more Jesus can provide for each and every one of our needs. Now that he is risen. Now that he is alive, he has risen power. He's exalted in the heavenly places. Gosh, how much more can he care for us now than on that place on the cross? John Piper says this. Not only are you, as an obedient disciple, in a better position than Jesus' own mother to receive blessing at the hand of the Lord, but he is now in a better position to give it to you than he was to her then. Jesus was able. Jesus is able. Thanks, Steve. 
you know, in some ways it's a reminder of, uh, I'm just reminded as, as I was preparing, of, you know, Jesus' other proclamation while he was on the cross. When he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, Jesus here, bearing the weight of sin, yet still having a heart of love and forgiveness for the very people who put him there. And of the robber who was crucified by his side, who says, you know, remember me, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Romans 10.13 says, um, anyone who calls on the name of, the, of Jesus will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. I'm sure many of us have been praying for people we know who have not experienced the love of Jesus. I'm sure there are many who we've been praying for for maybe years. And, you know, the Holy Spirit can change someone's heart in an instant. And I've seen people respond to the gospel after years of totally not wanting to know anything of the power and the love of Jesus. And God, I feel God wants us to really pray and look to him for those people that he's put on our hearts. I think God wants to break our hearts afresh for people that don't know him. I think God wants us to cry out to him to outwork his purposes in people's lives that we know. You know, how hungry and thirsty are we for God's spirit to break out in the places where we live and work? Here we have Jesus' mother that received a blessing from Jesus at Jesus' weakest moment. How much more now, Jesus Risen, alive, have we been blessed and know the care of Jesus and the care that he wants to give to those that we know. It says in Ephesians 1, we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have received every spiritual blessing in Christ. What a wonderful truth that we can know and live in. The second thing that Jesus says hanging on the cross, the second utterance of Jesus here in this John's Gospel was, I am thirsty. Now when he said this, we get a real sense of God's humanity in the midst of this divinity, the perfect son of God dying here on the cross. He had endured six hours at this point. He'd experienced the physical struggles of what it meant to be hanging on the cross and what he endured in the time leading up to it. Jesus was truly thirsty. And John's gospel, in fact throughout the gospel, I think John wants wants us to see, and we've seen through the different um, chapters we've been looking through, we see... 
Something of Jesus' humanity um, shining through in different points. And it's no different here. Jesus was human in body. We saw in John 1, the word became flesh. We see in Luke 2 verse 7 that he was born as a baby in a manger. We see that he grows up over time with natural growth like each and every one of us. He became tired and hungry as we see in John 4 verse 6 and Matthew 4 verse 2 he became physically weak. And in Luke 23, when Simon of Cyrene had to carry his cross, he was human in body. He was human in his emotions. He marveled at the centurion's faith in Matthew 8. When he sees Mary and his friends and family weeping at the death of Lazarus, he was moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. In Matthew 26, When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was sorrowful and he was pleading with his father to take the cup of suffering and death from him. Even in Hebrews, it says, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. As well as being completely God, And without sin, Jesus was completely human. He went through all the emotions and physical suffering. And as one who suffered, the wonderful thing is, it means that he can empathize with our suffering. Now, I think that's an amazing truth. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think it's... um, When someone empathizes with me, when somebody understands how I feel, just a friend, family member, you know, I think, wow, you know, that's amazing. You know, I think sometimes a lot of people, particularly more so now in this culture we're in, can go through life where just they've never really felt understood by anyone. They never really felt that somebody would take the time to empathize with their deepest needs. Yet here we have a man, Jesus, who can empathize with our suffering, with our everyday needs. I think it's amazing this God of creation can empathize because he has been there. No matter how hard your situation, no matter how messed up that you have felt or feel, there is one who knows how you feel and his name is Jesus. Jesus is one who felt the pain of the broken world in which we live. He can stand with us because he has been there. If you face challenges today, my encouragement to you is to reach out to Jesus, to put your faith and trust in him. Because the greatest truth, he won't just stand with you. Jesus helps us find victory in the situations that we're in. Victory can be found in Jesus. 
And this leads me on to the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. It is finished. It's finished. I don't know about you, but that's a wonderful thing that Jesus said at the last thing here before he died. It is finished. There's something very complete, isn't it, about those three words. When Jesus received the drink, he reached the moment where he knew that the battle was over. There is a spiritual battle raging that we have to fight and know that Jesus has won the victory, but we are still fighting it. When Jesus spoke those three words, it is finished. He knew that all he'd come to do on earth was achieved and accomplished. All that Jesus had come to do had been achieved at that moment. It was finished. Hallelujah. We see in verse 23 that every prophecy that had been uttered had been fulfilled in this one man as he drank that last drink. You know, Jesus is the fulfillment of every prophetic word, word that has been spoken about him. Every prophetic word that's been spoken throughout the word of God has been fulfilled in Jesus. Spurgeon said this very eloquently. There is not a single jewel of promise from that first emerald which fell on the threshold of Eden to the last sapphire of Malachi which was not set in the breastplate of the true high priest, which is Jesus. There is not an Old Testament activity from the sacrifice of the cow to the turtle dove, from the hyssop to Solomon's temple, which was not fulfilled in Jesus. What a wonderful truth that everything written in this book is fulfilled in this one man. You know, mathematically speaking, the probability of that happening is pretty much impossible. I mean, you can illustrate it by the whole of Europe being covered in pound coins about this deep. And it's the probability of picking just one of those coins from the whole of Europe being covered with pound coins, picking just one, is the probability that Jesus fulfilled just the top 10 prophecies in this book. Top 10. That's not even talking about all the others. Yet Jesus fulfills every prophetic word written in this book. Amazing. And Jesus knew the scripture. As he says in verse 28, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. He knew Everything that would fulfill the fact that he has come as the saviour of the world to die on the cross. And he knew at that point it would be finished. He knew it as he hung there. And he had a drink that last moment to declare with victory the truth that it was finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was not a cry of anguish. It wasn't a cry of relief. Ah, 
That would probably would be my response. At last, it's over. But it was a cry of victory. There was something that Jesus grasped about the obedience to his Father in heaven that was completely fulfilled at that moment. He surrendered his whole life. Nothing he did in life was for his own gain. He was obedient to his Father in heaven. He only did what he saw his Father doing. He was obedient to death. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, to do for himself. But he gave his life that his father's will would be outworked. He gave his life. He surrendered all in order that his father's will would be outworked. So when he says it is finished, it was a declaration of victory because he knew in his death, in his death, the wonderful risen power of that God would outwork his purposes, that each one of us would know life because of his death. Because he knew that the power of death was not at the end. He knew that there was a victory that God wanted to outwork. He knew that there was something greater that God wanted to do. Although the powers of the enemy, the powers of the devil, his forces thought they'd won, God had other plans. And at that moment, he was defeated. It was finished. At that moment, the devil was defeated. The devil has no power anymore for those who give their lives to Jesus. That's the truth. That's the truth. He has no power. The spirit that dwells in us enables us to know this victory each and every day. The spirit that lives in us is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, we've been singing about the freedom. You know, there is freedom. I feel like we are just, you know, there's cracks forming in just how much freedom God wants us to enjoy as his church and his community here. Wow, there's freedom in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus. It's wonderful to know. The power of sin and death was broken at this moment, and Jesus knew it. You know, it reminds me of the story of the Narnia story. And if you've seen it, Aslan goes to the stone table and he's killed on the stone table. And it's a pretty horrific scene, I think, for, for children's book. And, you know, it seems as if the enemy is won. I mean, there's this, this you know, there's all this celebration of the, um, the white witch and all her um, army. You know, but... Aslan was to live again. You know, the slain innocent blood meant that death could not hold Aslan. Likewise, with Jesus, the grave 
could not hold the innocence of this one man. This one man who had not sinned. This innocent man who willingly gave his life on the cross. The grave could not hold him. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54, it says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up. We don't need to fear death. It is finished. Means it's finished. There's nothing now that can separate us from God. Nothing can separate us. As we put our trust in him. The temple court, as we read in Matthew, was torn in two. The very presence of God was opened up. The way to God, the access to his throne room has been made available. You know, sometimes I think we just underestimate the significance of that. The very presence of God has been made available. I mean... That's pretty, pretty awesome. You know, when we worship, the very presence of God dwells in our hearts. And when the people of God come together, the very presence of God can dwell with them. What a wonderful thing. Jesus said, it is finished. Sin no longer separates us from God. The devil no longer has a hold on our lives. As we're led by the Spirit, we can know the same victory that Jesus experiences or experienced in this very moment. Do we live in the truth of these three words? Now, I don't know about you, but do you live with unfinished works at home? Maybe the decorating of the dining room. Maybe wallpapering the bedroom. Curtains that need to be hung. Don't know. Not been to your house, maybe. You only know. A car that needs cleaning. Or a house that needs vacuuming. There are things that still need to be done and finished. Do you still live with unfinished works of the heart? I know I certainly do. Maybe a friend that needs forgiving, a sickness that needs healing, a step of faith that needs taking, a truth that needs receiving, or a word that needs speaking. Do you live in the truth of these three words? It is finished. Jesus has set us free, as we've been singing about this morning, From a yoke of slavery to sin and the law. We don't need to be bound anymore. You know, we don't need to be bound by fear either. Fear of people. Fear of failure. They no longer have to be the place we go to for comfort and safety. But we can know freedom in Christ. Perfect love casts out fear. And the love that Christ demonstrated as he died on the cross is the perfect love which can dispel our fear today. It's a perfect love which comes from God. 
which is wonderfully freeing and accepting. Do you know that wonderful love today? Fear can be so crippling. I can see it in people and in myself at times. But to step out from that and enjoy, completely enjoy, who God has made you to be without fear is a wonderful thing and what is what Christ has for you today. In this one moment of Jesus dying on the cross, all have been completed. Fear has been broken. The power of fear is broken. The power of sin is broken. If you're dealing with sin today, you can break that by repenting and receiving the forgiveness of Christ in your heart. He will receive you every moment of any day. It's a wonderful thing about the love of Christ. It's available every day. Every day. Do you stand in the victory that Jesus has won for us on the cross when he said, it is finished. You know, I know it's not always easy. Now, you know, I struggle to believe it is finished when my two children are arguing over paper clips of all things. You know, there are times I struggle to believe it's finished when I see the world being torn apart by evil men and women. I struggle to believe it's finished when I see marriages breaking down. When I see homeless people sat on the street begging. Wanting to know how on earth they got into that dark and lonely place. But you know victory is only a moment away. You know, victory is available to each one of us as we trust in the saving work of Jesus that was fulfilled and finished in this moment on the cross. Victory is only a moment away. Where the devil has sought to bring destruction and brokenness, Jesus brings an end to this in a moment. Jesus brings hope, life and restoration to people's hearts and lives. From this moment when he said, it is finished. All those who turn to Jesus, all those that look to him, can stand on that truth. I don't know about you, but you know, faith rises in my heart when I begin to step out and believe that Jesus has done a finished work. When I begin to, be, to live in the truth of who God said I am. Faith begins to rise when we put our faith in him, when we actually say, yes, it is finished. Those things are no longer define who I am. Those things no longer have to define me. Jesus and what he says about me can begin to define who we are. When we begin to define ourselves on what Jesus says who we are, then we we can be amazed at what God wants to do through us. When we lay down our lives to 
to following him and following his way, when we listen to God's call and his things that he says about us, we'll be amazed at what Jesus can do through us. I think faith is the measuring stick to how much we trust in the finished work of Christ. It was at that moment and is and always will be finished. It's a wonderful truth that I hope that something of God has impacted your heart this morning on that particular three words. I just want to, um, yeah, just going to summarize and then I'm going to read a bit from Hebrews 5 um, with you this morning. Just before we finish. So firstly, Jesus cares. In the place of Jesus' deepest weakness and pain, humiliation there on the cross, he cared for his mother. Cared for what happened to her. You know, the wonderful thing is, um, you know, traditionally, um, when the eldest bro- something happens to the eldest brother... It's normally other brothers that take on the responsibility, traditionally at that time, of the mother. But here Jesus sets a new precedent and that he asked John to care for Mary. But in this place of deepest weakness, how much more in the place of his risen power and exalted in heaven can we know the care of Jesus Secondly, Jesus shows us his humanity. How incredible it is that we have a saviour who's experienced what it is to be human and so empathise with our sufferings and circumstances. And finally, Jesus declared victory on the cross. It is finished. It meant sin and death was defeated once and for all. So let's just read Hebrews 5. Verses 7 to 9. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard. And why was he heard? Why did his Father in heaven hear him? Because of his reverent submission. God is calling us to lay down our lives because of the fact that Jesus laid down his life for us. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus is the source of eternal salvation. Salvation. And can I just encourage you today, if you have never made a decision to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never put faith in him and you've never prayed for Jesus to come into your life, to come and dwell within you by his spirit, then my encouragement to you is to do that today. Encouragement is to do that today. And, um, and I encourage you to come perhaps and speak with me afterwards and I'll be very happy to pray with you 
on that. So can I ask the band if you'd like to come up? Um, Just before we finish, and again, I just want to pray for us all. But, you know, Jesus laid his life down for us. And the wonderful truth about that is, is that, you know, we can know fullness of life. We can know freedom. We can know all that God wants us for us. And I think that God um, has things for specific people here this morning. And I know that at the end of the worship, you know, you know, God was speaking to us about revelation, that God is putting revelation in people's hearts. And I just, you know, as I was being preparing, I felt God give me a couple of revelations. If we could all just stand, actually, I'll just share these. Firstly, um, was a word of knowledge when I was preparing. I just feel like someone here um, needs to take a train journey. And I think there's a reluctance to take the train journey. Um, and I feel like you need to take that train journey. And taking that train journey would be um, out of obedience to what God is calling you to. And um, God wants you to go, and he's going with you, and he's going before you. And if that's you, then I'd love to pray with you at the end. Um, and again, that might be just the cheese I had for dinner. So if that's you, please, can I pray with you? If it's not God, then fine. The second thing is, I had a picture of somebody skydiving. And this picture was of somebody, they jumped out of the plane and they were loving skydiving. And they were just lovely, just floating in the air, enjoying the scenery. And it came the moment where they were to pull the cord for the parachute to come out. And they were pulling and pulling and pulling this cord and the parachute was just not coming out. And it just felt like they were just plummeting to the earth. And they just felt like they were totally out of control. There was fear. There was like, I just can't cope. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I just feel God say, I'm here with you. I'm there with you. And just as as you heard God's voice, you looked around and you saw another cord just over your shoulder. And, And as you pull that cord, the emergency parachute came out. And you're able to just gently make your way down to earth. If you feel that you're in that place of just feel like you're just plummeting, then I want to pray with you as well at the end. So let's pray for us. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are God. That you are outworking your purposes in me, in us as a community. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for those three words. It is finished that you have completed the work on the cross that we can know wonderful freedom and joy in your presence and I just pray that you would lead us now as we just use this song as a a way of declaring that truth